Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Dance Teacher Diaries podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jean Watts, teacher, choreographer, consultant, and founder of The Movement Mentor. We do choreography, train dancers, work with teachers and studios, build curriculums, custom costumes, dance photography, and I wanted to quickly mention before I forget that we are now taking reservations for choreography for the 2023-24 season. So even if you don't have your plans ironed out yet, head to the choreography page on our website, themovementmentor.com, and get on the list because we can only take so many before our calendar is full. This past year, we did the highest number of routines we have since MM was founded. So thank you very much for everyone who trusted us with your choreography this past year, and I'm already expecting to pass that over the summer. That is awesome. Again, themovementmentor.com. Back to the business at hand and the title of this episode, This Isn't Fair, and other stuff we say when we don't win. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about reacting to dance competition results, feelings connected to placing below where we expected, and how we can help dancers keep a healthy inner dialogue when they come off stage. This is going to be a little bit of a tough one to tackle, so listen with caution. As always, I'm going to mention the cover art. Uh, It's myself. (laughs) Why why is it I have so many um, beautiful, gorgeous pictures of dancers, and why is it myself again? Well, one, I guess I can say because I'm the host. But the main reason is because I kept trying pictures on the cover art for this and I just didn't feel like any one of the dancers was going to love being the person next to the title that says this isn't fair. Like I just didn't, it didn't feel right to put anybody there and just never looked quite right. So I was like, that's all right. I'll put my face on it. So in terms of credit for this week's episode, I'm just going to give it to my sister who took the photograph that you see of myself. Um, But in general, you can always find credit to the dancer and image creator and any other info I know in the caption of my social media post, so be sure to check there. Quick disclaimer, this podcast talks in terms of real-life situations. I don't ever intend to be overly harsh or critical, but we aren't going to avoid talking about issues and shortcomings. Please don't take offense if you hear something that you disagree with or hits close to home. Just disregard and move on or take it as an opportunity to reflect on an area or thought that could use some reevaluation. Everything we discuss here is meant to be constructive, but honest. Okay, here we go. Reacting to unwanted results. I have unwanted in air quotes, uh, and this is kind of opposed to reacting to when we win, because I think that's kind of a separate issue about etiquette and you know how we can kind of deal with that. But this is about when things don't go the way that we wanted. And the first point I have on here is to remember that judging is subjective. It is a numerical assessment by some people of a moment in time on a certain day. Yes, it's a panel of judges, but some people at this particular moment on this particular day based on what you put in front of them on stage, okay? The opinion, however accurate or valid, of a judging panel at any given competition is not the be-all, end-all of what kind of dancer you are. So I think we should value judges' opinions. It's an educated, qualified opinion, hopefully for the most part, about what you've asked them to literally judge and critique. So we should put some weight to it, but not so much that we put all of our 
like all of the way that we value ourselves as a dancer on that. So if we don't have a, a score that we like any one day or we have critiques that we don't like, let's not let that diminish everything about who we are. And f- to be honest, some people aren't even at their best when they're competing. You know, they, they get stage fright, they get nervous, and they do better in different settings. Some people thrive in the face of competition. Some people have stuff going on that just compiles in a certain way and then the day crumbles around them and they didn't put their best work out on stage. So... It isn't the end-all be-all. If you always win, that doesn't mean that there is no one that it will ever come close to you and you're untouchable. And if you always lose, that doesn't mean that you suck. Uh, it's just an opinion on a day. And if you have not listened to episode two, Competition Scoring 101, do that because even if you know all the basics about studio competition scoring, there are still some key are there is still is still some key info in there especially toward the end about the reality of scoring let's move on kind of mentioned this a little bit already but points are based on what judges saw in that moment so let me break this down like i kind of already said you you put something on stage in front of them and they have to give it a certain number of points based on what they see there so i'm going to hit some subtopics on this And these are things that I have told dancers many times over the years, so I will share with you. You don't earn points for trying really hard. Uh, (laughs) That's just the way it is. I, I, I mean, do I need to explain it? I know that you may have worked really hard. I know that you may have really tried really hard. And that no one's saying that you did it. But that's not the basis on which you're earning points because you really tried. It's whether or not you executed based on the judging criteria. And I think that one is also hard sometimes for parents. And this kind of spills over into like audition results sometimes, but I guess that's a little bit different. But just keep that in mind. You could try as much as your heart could possibly pump out. That's not what the competition is based on though, right? We can't judge on that. You also don't earn points for wanting it really bad. You can want it from the depths of your soul, but the judges cannot sit there and go to the category of, did she really try? Yeah, 20 points. Did she really want it in her heart and soul? I think so. Yeah, 20 points on that. Or look at another and go, yeah, I don't I don't think that she wanted this today. And I mean, that's not a, a judging criteria, right? So that for dancers, keep that in mind. Like I said, you could try really hard. You can want it, want it really bad. And that may help give you that little boost that edges up your performance that week or keeps you going the long term. But know that those are good qualities in a dancer that just don't add up to points on stage alone. Those qualities might make you work harder outside of the competition to get better performance on stage. But really, because just because you really, really wanted to win that day doesn't mean that it matters to a judge, right? They don't know that about you, okay? You also don't earn points for overcoming a tough week and putting yourself out there. Similar situation. Like I said, it's been a hard week. You've got a lot going on. Your other routines didn't go well. You you had a solo or a group dance, and that just didn't pan out the way you wanted. There's been stressors. You're coming back from an illness. We could come up with a ginormous laundry list of reasons. And again, those are qualities. And like I said before, don't let a judge's score make you think that's the be-all, end-all of your dancing. These other things that we're talking about, overcoming a tough week, getting out on stage, putting something out there anyway, those are qualities of a good dancer. Those are good life skills. But that 
doesn't factor into the score based on what actually happened out there. So don't hang on it, dwell on it, beat yourself up over it, beat yourself up over it. The final score you get is about what was actually executed in that one and a half to three minutes on stage. The judges are not aware of or expected to factor in anything else. Know that maybe even if you did mess something up, that you usually don't. That's the nature of competing. You might be on top of your game in every single moment, one day, you or your team, and then the next, something, some fluke happens that never goes wrong. That's how it all shakes out. That's the whole point here, right? You can be a team at the Super Bowl and have an undefeated season and then lose in the clutch moment because things just didn't play out the way you wanted. But you still were the team that got to the Super Bowl that had an undefeated season prior to that. That's what competition is about. I, being an avid Packer fan, I'm not trying to low-key call them out on some previous seasons, but actually I am. Okay. (laughs) So anyways, know that even if you mess something up, you usually don't, that's competing. Sometimes it all comes together in the moment. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? So let's move on to what dancers can think about and focus on. If you're a dancer listening to this, everything I've said so far is a thing that you can think about and focus on. Not putting so much weight on any one performance, on any one score, on any one evaluation, not using that to gauge your worth or overall ability as a dancer, knowing that things happen and there will be highs and there will be lows. Okay, all of those things. Plus, you can't change the past. And that's one of those things that's easier said than done or easier said than felt. Or just go, well, the past is the past and move on. You still have feelings about it. You still have regrets. You're still frustrated at yourself or somebody else. You know, you're like, oh, well, if what's, we always use Susie as the general kid's name, even though it's like pretty much nobody's kid's name, but it's common in like dance teachers and stuff or to go Susie as our representative name. Uh, like, Susie totally botched this one part or she fell down right on her butt in the turn sequence and she cost us the whole competition or whatever you're frustrated about. No amount of worry or stress right now is going to do anything about what happened then. So the best that you can, take it for what it was, know that it happened in the moment, like we've discussed, that's the nature of competing and then you need to move on, especially if you have more routines because we can't let this snowball downhill. Ah, I got ahead of myself. Recognize the issues or mistakes without attacking yourself or others for them. Whatever comes out of your mouth comes right back to your own ears. This is a good one. And it is easy to totally forget this and pull yourself down with all kinds of sentences. I do this plenty. Uh, you know, you have things, You somebody asks you how you did or, you know, you're, you're talking back and forth and you just have this huge list of negative things about yourself, let's take first, that you did wrong, that you messed up, that you feel bad about, you know, that you believe sabotage and ruined the whole dance or whatever it is. And it's good to have a criti- you know, that critical analysis and I'll talk about that more later, but Every one of these negative things that comes out of your own mouth, that sound is literally cycling right back into your own ears. It's, it's almost as if somebody else was telling it to you. And it is hard on you personally, right, to sit and listen to someone give you 15 
extremely negative critiques, bashing the tiniest little things that you did. And so sometimes we're more allowing of ourselves to do that. Well, as long as I say it about myself, but you're the one still hearing that. Is that kind of, is that too like metaverse? No, can't be, right? What you, what you say, you hear. Speak kindly about yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to not recognize any faults. Just be aware of when you may be putting too much pressure on yourself or, or being too hard on yourself, okay? Everybody's their own worst critic most of the time. <laughs> I know some people that I don't think are like that. I know they say everybody, but, but I definitely am for sure. And I find that that is very common among dancers to definitely be your own worst critic, okay? Critical assessment is a good skill to have. It is. It is, you need to be able to have some type of reality check about your own performance or about your team's performance. We cannot live in a fantasy world where no mistakes are made and everything is perfect. Um, we as dancers, for ourselves, for our teammates, as teachers, as parents, every performance is not going to be the best one. And this one, I think there's more to say about this. So I'm going to be careful not to go off on like some super long, crazy tangent. So just know that I'm not explaining the full picture of things. But we want parents to be supportive, right? Like the parents in the audience, we want you to be your dancer's cheerleader and to be their support system because as teachers and coaches, we can't always be the... We, we can't never deliver the bad news. We can't never give critique. We can't never point out issues and flaws. That's part of our job in terms of getting things to, to a better place. So we, it's not necessary for the parents to be the number one critiquer of the dance. That's kind of part of the teacher's job. And so the teachers need, the teachers have a, a support relationship with their student as well. But the biggest support role should hopefully come from the parents and the family. Now, that being said, Sometimes a dancer can come off stage and not be happy with something about the performance that just happened, either from themselves or their team. And they, they get frustrated with parents who immediately tell them like, that was amazing, that you looked perfect. You, you know, I don't even know. I can't even give good examples of things that parents say right now off the top of my head. But, you know, kind of you, it's meant, it's meant with the best of intention because you're trying to pump them up, make them feel good, help them not dwell on the negative. But... They're only, they only get, they only seem to get irritated with you, right? Because they feel like you're just pumping them full of fluff and they right now have all these emotions about how it wasn't great. Uh, so knowing that, know that like it is, I think it's okay to let a dancer even immediately recognize that there was some issues. They know there were, most likely. Uh, if they don't, then certainly don't bring them up when they first walk off stage. They'll be like, well, I mean, that wasn't very good. <laughs> but if you could tell that they're feeling that that some some type of disappointment or frustration, it is okay to acknowledge or recognize things that they're saying went wrong. Because that's that's a critical assessment tool. They need to be able to recognize that. We just also, if they don't happen to do this themselves, throw out some things that went really well or some moments that you really liked so that they can find in that very emotional place, they can find a balance as soon as possible and go, okay, yes, fair, true. That didn't work out exactly ideally or how you would have wanted, but this did. Uh, so 
help point out that balance for them when they're not really looking for it. Uh, but critical assessment is a good skill to have. Dancers need to be able to know when things don't do not look or feel right or don't go well because then how else would they improve that? Uh, it is worse to have no idea what any issues are. To be completely oblivious, like I said, live in, living in a fantasy world and just have no idea if you made any mistakes or what went wrong or what could possibly have gone better. We have to be present in our performance so that we can improve it. It's a lot of peas. Be present in your performance so that it can be improved. <laughs> uh, all right. Like I said, you can't change what you don't know is wrong. And find the good. There is always something that went well. So for people trying to help dancers, for dancers out there listening, you should know what your issues are. You can't change things if you don't know you're wrong. But always take a moment, take a deep breath, and find the good. There is always good. I have never, and I've been doing this my whole life, I have never seen a performance where I couldn't find anything that went well or looked good. Never. So there's always something. Sometimes you got to dig for a little bit like gold, but it's out. It's in there. All right. What else can dancers think about and focus on? If you are disappointed, now I wouldn't do this within two minutes of walking off stage, but let's say we've had a little bit of time. You're not that happy with something about it. Think about what you can change or what needs to change in your day to day to improve your results on stage. Because it is the micro habits, it's the things that we do consistently, it is the way that we show up every day in class, it is the way that we rehearse, the way that you dance in class is the way that you dance. Uh, I've said that many a time and I'll continue to say it in regards to lots of different things, but certainly this, the, the way that you show up every week in class and the way that you run that dance, that's how you dance. Don't be like, well, it's different when the, no, it's not. You might have a smidge more adrenaline going, but... The way you do it most often is the way you do it. So what needs to change? Do you need to focus on a day, you know, a daily basis on a little bit more strength training? Do you need more fundamentals because you felt off balance a lot? Do you need to perform more in class and in rehearsal? That's a tough one to pull because people don't want to, they feel silly or should I say stupid, performing in class like full on with their face, with their energy. And yes, in rehearsal, but I also just mean like straight up in class. If we're doing a jazz combo in class, if we're going across the floor, perform it, dance it. Don't just go through the mechanics, dance it. That makes you a better dancer. But anyways, practicing performance, because that's not something that you're particularly strong at, if you didn't like how that went. Usually transition. So going into a skill or coming out of it are where a lot of mistakes are made and dancers will beat themselves up over those. So then, you know, go back to the mechanics, the fundamentals. Am I training transitions or am I spending all my time practicing tricks? Because it's one thing to have the trick, but if you can't get in and out of it, well, then that's not enough. You're going to... I would say it's almost inevitable that a judge is going to comment on work your transitions, um, you know, clarify how you got in and out of something, you know, you know the drill. Okay. Uh, another thing I have here, only, this is an important one, only in the most nose-to-nose situations does an individual make or break the routine. Now this, uh, I can't even count the number of times, I say that all the time, but it's true <laughs> that dancers have come off stage and felt so bad about something they did in a group routine and feel like 
if our dance doesn't win, it's because I did that. And you could just see they are defeated, like emotionally defeated. They look physically defeated. Unless it's like, I, I imagine this is like an Olympic finish, like a, like a photo finish, right? And we've got like two sprinters and somebody just juts their neck out and that makes their nose cross the finish line first. You got to be about that close for one person's thing to make or break it. The more likely scenario is that there was a collection of things that have kind of kept you apart from whoever might have scored above. Whether it be some of those things I already said, they just straight up had a more difficult routine. It was cleaner. There was more um, like emotional content. They had more connection with the audience. They kept their formations cleaner. Uh, their transitions were smoother. They had, you know, some better quality technique in some places. Movement quality. There's so many reasons. So rarely is it one person's one mistake one time that just ruins it for everybody. I see that comment come out a lot from dancers and also sometimes parents and teachers who kind of focus in on one particular mistake and then attribute the loss to that, which I think is most likely more times than not inaccurate and also not very fair. Okay, what else do we have? Ah, this one is, this one's a heavy hitter. This is really important. So the last thing I have under dancers, uh, things that dancers can think about and try to remember when they're not happy with their results is that the most important people in your life are proud of you because they watched you struggle and overcome to get where you are, not because of how big the result is. That's one of the things that we mean when we say it's about the journey and not the destination, which has become a little bit cliche, but it's still very valid. The, the people that really make an impact on your life, not the random person sitting in the audience that you don't know, not the girl that you think gave you a snicker from the other team that watched you on the side of the stage. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Who cares? We don't, we're not worried about her or the people in the audience. The most important people in your life have been there and watched you grow, develop, change, go from one place to another. They know about your challenges. They know about how you're working through them. They know about your small wins that maybe the judges have no idea about. And those things add up to a whole picture that are more important than how big the win is, what the final result is on any given day. And I think everybody would agree with that. Okay, next up. <laughs> it's, it's just literally, the, the bullet point is literally titled, but it's not fair, okay? All right, the first thing I have to just break it to you, uh, life's not fair is an okay phrase. Like, I know it's overused, I know we don't like hearing that, but it's an okay phrase, it's accurate. Uh, you know, we, we must learn when there is nothing to be done about it and when something must be done about it. Key distinctions. Life as a whole is generally not fair. Sometimes, there's nothing to be done about it. You must accept it. Sometimes something must be done about it because the injustice is too great. Okay. Um, uh, let me tell you, nine, 9.5 times out of 10 in the context of what we're talking about, nothing is to be done about it. <laughs> uh, as, as grave as you think the injustice has been at this dance competition in any random state in the Midwest, on any given weekend, <laughs> there's there's nothing to be done, okay? We just, it, sometimes it plays in our favor and sometimes it doesn't. And um, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
you know, sorry to throw, you know, it seemed like I'm throwing shade to anybody, but when the discrepancy, when the misdeduction, when whatever it is, is in our favor, then we're happy to ride it out, right? For the most part, oh, they didn't notice. I guess we lucked out on that one. And when it's not in our favor, we, we can't be coming down the aisles with pitchforks. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are people that have, I'm sure they've come forward and been like, we really should have lost points for this. We should have been deducted for this or, you know, disqualified for this. But yeah, how often are we really doing that? So just maybe kind of also just be aware of that. You know, when we're calling it luck, when things work out in our favor, that would would be unfair to somebody else. But then being mad about things being unfair when it doesn't work out in our favor. You know, it is what it is. Now, if there is a real issue of like genuine, serious concern, take a fact-based... I should, if I could talk in bold, fact-based concern to your, and now I have an army term here, a military term, to your chain of command. (laughs) So I'll explain what that means if you don't know, but, and that's not just a military term, right? Does that get used in other areas of life in corporate world? I don't really know. But (laughs) if there's a real issue, calm down. Don't give an emotional delivery. Do a smidge bit of research and clarification to make sure that the facts are correct as you see them and then take it through your chain of command which is most likely through like your teacher coach director and then you know through the competition staff in that way try not to cut that because it's in place for a reason one uh you know there's the the expression of solving things at the lowest level so there may be a missing piece of information that you could get between where you are and literally pulling the fire alarms at the competition that would clarify, you know, that would clear this up. Let the people that are supposed to handle these things, handle them. You're going to have to just trust at the end of the day that they're going to use their discretion to handle it at the severity that they think it needs to be. And if it doesn't line up with yours, I mean, that's what you're asking them to do, right? Is to coach, is to teach, is to direct, is to handle. And if you feel like that job is not being done correctly, then um, challenge them to a duel in the parking lot. No, no, I'm just, just kidding. Don't do that. Don't fight anybody in the parking lot. Set up a professional meeting outside the competition to talk about what you think you need from the staff so that the kids get a more fair shake at the competition or better representation or whatever you want to call it. All right, next point about things just not being fair. I got a newsflash for you. Judges are human not infallible gods. <laughs> so <laughs> they do make mistakes. They're people. There's a lot of checks and balances in place to reduce that as much as possible so that it does stay as fair as possible. But something might slip through. That You know, they're not perfect. And again, I go back to my competition scoring podcast episode. I think that was number two because uh, so we're only on four and I'm already forgetting the order of the previous, oops, I scratched the mic, already forgetting the, the order of the previous episodes. But that one I kind of mentioned a little bit too about scoring and about, you know, different internal scales that judges have and about scoring things, you know, at what order in the day or, you know, three hours into solos or you're scoring the same as you did at the beginning, things like that. There's just human factors involved. Just like there's human factors involved on stage, there is in the judging panel. But now, in the same breath, in that same thought, when you say something's not fair, fair according to whose standards, from whose perspective, 
possibly yours or by your personal standards, but that doesn't mean that everybody is subscribing to those same standards or everybody shares your same perspective. So you may feel like it's not fair, but somebody else may feel like it's plenty fair. And that's another reason to kind of go through, like if you're a dancer and you don't, you know, you feel like something is unfair, go to your parent or go to your teacher. Hopefully you have a trusting relationship with your teacher where you can bring those kinds of things to them. And then let that go through, go higher if it will or end there if it won't, because it may feel unfair to you from where you're analyzing it. Well, someone else may feel quite differently. Remember that in the absence of, ooh, let me slow down the way I talk. In the absence of information, people fill in what they don't know from their own point of view. Oh, isn't that like a daily in life? Whatever, you know, if we know it's a 10-piece puzzle and we have eight pieces, we're just going to fill in the last two the best that we can. Sometimes we have eight pieces of the puzzle and we think, for whatever reason, that it's an eight-piece puzzle, but it's really a 10. And so then you're like, oh, I've got the whole picture. I definitely know. Well, perhaps you don't, okay? So just... Be aware if you're kind of doing that and compiling information to fill in gaps and now you're kind of swaying the story or the situation a little bit. The last one I have for this when we're talking about just judges being human is that you may not value the exact same qualities in a dance that the panel did. If you don't like your result, if you don't think that it's fair, because why? Because my dance was way harder than hers. I don't know, based on, again, whose standards. You are valuing, perhaps you're valuing long turn sequences a little bit more. And so you're going, well, I had these two very long detailed turn sequences and this girl beat me and she only had like one triple in her whole dance. This is just a off the top of my head example. I think turns is an easy one to throw out there, but whatever. You're assuming that the highest value is placed on the turn sequences because you place the highest value on those. But that doesn't mean that the judging panel did. You know, they might have liked that the other routine didn't have as many turns because they used more fluidity. They had different kinds of transitions. Like overall, the picture they presented in terms of movement quality, technique, transitional ability, emoting, staging, whatever it is, that was more valuable to them than your Alicicones. I know, sometimes that's a tough one, but just because, again, I'll say it one more time and then move on. Just because you very highly value something doesn't mean that the judging panel agrees that that is of the highest value. Another thing we can do when things are just not fair is ask yourself why specifically you don't think it was fair. Be very specific, try to be articulate as possible with that feeling. Because a lot of times it's something that comes out of us as just an emotional response in the moment. We are unhappy with the way things went. So our gut reaction is that it's not fair. Feel your feelings, have your emotions. That's valid. I mean, as long as you don't attack anybody else with them. But then when you can, calm down a little bit and then go, okay, specifically why was it not fair? And then... We go backwards in our little checklist here and we go, okay, if it really was fair for a very legitimate and serious reason that we can expect anybody to do anything about, I'll take that forward. If I'm just mainly saying it wasn't fair because 
I don't like the results. I value different things. I didn't have my best day. You know, I'm just internally frustrated and disappointed. Then just swallow that. Take some time to yourself. Deal. Oops, it was bound to happen. Sarah from the future here. I am cutting this episode into two parts. This is a little past the halfway point, but I would rather everybody be able to listen to it in two consumable chunks instead of getting bored or distracted. Hopefully you would never, right? I would never, but (laughs) get distracted and then not listen to the end, which I think has a lot of good information too. So I'm going to cut to the part where I talk about what is coming in the episode after part two, so that you have an extra week to get your questions in and you will know what I'm talking about in a second. Again, it's competition season for traditional studios and all-star studios. So there are quite a few requested topics related to that coming in right now. So the next episode is going to be a rapid fire Q&A. So I will be gathering up some of the questions that have come in already and anything else you guys send in the next few days between this podcast coming out and when I have to record the next one uh, and giving all kinds of short answers all in one episode. So of course, some of these will deserve more time and attention, elaboration, detailed explanations, but that's going to have to wait. The goal is to answer each one in a minute or two and move on. Uh, (laughs) Wish me luck, uh, but that's the goal. So be sure to send anything that you would like answered regarding dance competitions, and I will fit in as many as I can in this particular rapid fire Q&A round. So I'm going to call it rapid fire Q&A, but it probably won't be that rapid, but I'll try. As always, DM your questions and topic suggestions to us on Instagram at The Movement Mentor or at Dance Teacher Diaries and on Facebook at The Movement Mentor Official. You can always contact us through our website at themovementmentor.com and let us know if you would like your questions to remain anonymous. Thank you for listening and subscribing to this podcast. Remember, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you.